Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Zarin. What's up, Elizabeth Dutton? Nothing much. How are you doing these days? I'm pretty good. How, how are your holidays looking? Awesome, I guess. Nice. Sure. You looking forward to them? Sure. Oh, good. I'm I, glad yeah. you got that you know, to look forward <laughs> you? to. You? Dude, I just had a wicked Black Friday. Not really. I just, <laughs> I just listened to a lot of soul music and I called it Black Friday. Oh, dear. Well, you know it's ridiculous. Oh, girl, I got one for you. Yes. I was thinking about this the other day and I went and looked it up because I wanted to be certain. And it was worse than I remembered. There are a bunch of names in New Zealand that uh-huh. are considered illegal. Like illegal. Illegal names. Like people have been denied the right to have the name Stallion or yeah, Detroit as a as Wait. a first name for a child. Another one, Fish and Chips. Then there was uh Keenan got lucky <laughs> and my one of my favorites, Sex Fruit. Sex Fruit. <laughs> But the reason why is because I had remembered originally there was a nine-year-old girl who asked the court to emancipate her. And the court said, girl, we got your back. Do you know why the court was so eager? Because her parents had named her Tallulah Does the Hula from Hawaii. That was her... That's her name, her first name. Like, Tallulah Does the Hula from what's, Hawaii. What's going on down there? Yeah, now, interestingly, the, the, the ones I told you that were made illegal were all those ones, you know, Sex Fruit and, uh, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit is, is fantastic. There were a couple others that they allowed through the New Zealand legal system because you have to appeal. They have, okay. they have to apply and say, can I have this name if you get some strange name? And so some of the names that they permitted were twins named Benson and Hedges. Oh, God. There was a girl named Midnight Chardonnay. (laughs) And finally, my favorite, number 16 bus shelter. And that was approved. Permitted name. I think that my new job needs to be the one who approves names in New Zealand. (laughs) Because... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's popping off down. But, you know, our celebrities are pretty much like New Zealand offenders. I yeah, mean, what, what did uh, yeah. Jason Lee, the skateboarder, name his kid? Pilot Inspector? Oh, that's right. Yeah. With a K. With a K. Inspector. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, know, I have know. a friend who had a middle name. They named the kid uh, Treehouse. So, like, I, I can't it. talk. 
Oh. Yeah. See, you know that I don't want to judge, but I love to judge. So <laughs> Go I with your strengths. Yeah. Your strengths. Those are ridiculous. Thank you. Uh, you know what else is ridiculous? If you got some, lay it on me. I do. Getting caught for your crimes because you just look too fly. Oh, word. <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, uh, cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Zarin. Elizabeth. Are you familiar with Sutton's Law? Yeah. Uh, wait, is that the one about the banks? No. Is that, is that the Horton principle? I don't know. You rob the banks because that's where the money is? Yeah. 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 Sutton's Law. That's Sutton's Law. Well, it comes from, it's taught in medical school. Okay. Sutton's Law is that when you're making a diagnosis, the first thing, first things first, you always consider the obvious. Uh So um, it's like the anti-Dr. House. I've heard that's a TV show. I don't, I wouldn't know. I don't watch TV. (laughs) So anyway, Sutton's Law, they want to, like, you look at the obvious, Mm -hmm. um, and the best way to diagnose and treat things as quickly as possible is to, like, eliminate Okay, so when you're triaging, so this is essentially a medical Occam's razor? When you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras, is, like, one of the things they always say. that's a good one. The law, though, is named after a bank robber, a man by the name of Willie Sutton. Okay, yes. And so it was said that he was asked by a reporter why he had done the things he done did. Uh And uh, why did he rob the banks? And yeah. he said, because that's where the money is. Exactly. Yeah. He was like really brazen about it. It's basically the no doy yeah. theory. <laughs> and so makes sense. So Sutton, though, he would later deny having ever said that. Really? Yeah. But then he commented, quote, if anybody had asked me, I probably would have said it. That's what almost anybody would say. It couldn't be more obvious. <laughs> Though they love that expression in Washington. You always hear them say that. It's like a, it's a political philosophy as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly. What is it? The, it's the keep, it, uh, hmm. keep it simple, stupid. Oh, yeah. Keep, yeah, the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, now we have these medical students who are being taught Sutton's Law, learning to take things plainly, confront the obvious, all thanks to a legendary bank robber. I like that. Yeah. I love when bank robbery influences, you know, medical science. Is as it should. Yeah. Because if you think about it, medical science started with grave robbery. So, true. you know, I'm just saying, they're getting back to Very the roots. Very true. Full circle. Leonardo circle DiCaprio of life. Be, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci. And would be Leo so proud. DiCaprio. All the Leo DiCaprio's. All the two. 2000 Leonardo's. Let's uh, scratch our chins and say, who was Willie Sutton? Ooh, okay. On Do it. Three, two, one. Who was, who was Willie Sutton? Sutton? William Francis <laughs> Sutton Jr. Yes. Born June 30th, 1901. So okay. be ready to celebrate his birthday. Oh, I'll mark um, my calendar. Brooklyn, New York. Third of five kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from a really like hard scrabble, tough family of Irish immigrants. And they lived in a really hard, scrabble, tough Irish neighborhood okay. in Brooklyn. Uh, he was taught really early on the importance of a code of silence. Ooh. And he said that influenced his entire life. So he said later when he was talking about his life that if someone was picked up by the cops, quote, all they ever got out of him was the exercise. <laughs> Meaning that the cops could beat a person senseless, but they would never talk. So yeah, just get I that workout. I like that, the exercise. And that's how it worked in his neighborhood. He was arrested once, and the police beat him for five days straight, Damn. trying to get him to name his accomplices. 
Oh this my is, I God. think, before some of the reforms. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Way before Miranda Pre-Miranda, writes. most certainly. He never talked. Five days getting whooped on. Tell me who you're working with. Silence. So he like got his Irish up the other way. He's Completely. like, I'm going to be stubborn as hell. Well, and then he had it at home, right? So that his family once gave him the literal uh-huh. silent treatment. Um, he... Uh, he stole his teacher's lunch money when he was 12. Okay. And they were his family was so appalled that he would steal a teacher's lunch money that no one in the family spoke a word to him for an entire week. He was just like a blank space to them. Wow. He said it was the worst punishment he'd ever had. He'd rather take a beating. I bet. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I've been given the silent treatment. So, Not for that long. That's though. a week. So he's this tough little kid, right? And he he swam in the East River with his friends, like, you know, amongst <laughs> iron, all iron the sharpens iron. untreated sewage yeah. and trash. Like, yeah, he's just... The George Carlin medical advice. Exactly. So he gets out of high school when he's 15. Uh-huh. And no one else in his family had ever completed their schooling, and you know, which is common at the time. Sure. But it was a big deal for him to graduate from high school. He gets a job at a bank as an office errand boy. And like he's super chill, nice guy, personable. He becomes pals with all the cashiers, the tellers. And it was from them that he learned like the inner workings of a bank, all like the various processes and the vault protocols and such mm-hmm. like that. So he becomes this insider. And then World War One approaches and he gets a job at a munitions factory in West Virginia. Oh, okay. So he relocates. So one day he's there, he gets a telegram from his mom telling him that the draft board mm-hmm. had ordered him to report for induction. So he's been drafted. Okay. He Congrats, leaves, you're a doughboy. Right. And he's actually, you know, pretty excited about this. Oh. So he leaves the munitions factory job, heads back to New York. As he's getting off the train there, he keeps hearing people say this word that he hadn't ever heard, and he didn't know the meaning of it, armistice. (laughs) (laughs) So he asks around, and they're like, "Um, it means the war's over. So yeah, he finds out. um, He's thrilled, but he's a little disappointed that he didn't get to get a free ticket to to Europe? Yeah, exactly. He didn't get to go over there. Three months later... He gets arrested for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, let me get to crime and then. Well, and listen to this. He's charged with burglary, grand larceny, and abduction. Ooh. A 15-year-old girl named Bessie Ender. Now, was she into it and they just threw the book at him because, it's like, you know, they could in a sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's what happened. He's 17 That's when he meets guessing. Bessie. Exactly. They were in love the moment they met each other. Oh, I love it. It was just instant. Um, her mom had died when she was little, and her dad was, like, really controlling and only let her spend time with other girls. That's all who she could play with, hang out with. Mm-hmm. No boys allowed. Um, so they meet, though, and they're just, like, stars, little hearts floating in the air around them. They're like, they're like the Sid and Nancy, they're Will and Bessie. Yes, <laughs> Exactly. They knew the only way that, like, a sheltered girl with a single dad and a young bad boy from the wrong side of the tracks could make a go of it, they decided to elope. All right. Yeah. Make it official. So how are they going to do this? Well, they go into her dad's office and steal money. She's like, I know where the safe is. I know the combination. Let's do this. They walked out with $16,000. Damn. Yeah. So Nice little dowry. Yeah. So like, all right, look, well, let's start our lives together. They walk out <laughs> on the street. Willie sees this guy. He's like, excuse me, sir, um, can you tell me where the nearest marriage license bureau is? The guy's like looking at him, recognizes him. It's like, huh, okay. 
The man had seen a bulletin about a guy from Brooklyn who said that he'd been robbed and his daughter had been kidnapped. Um, Willie fits the description. He turns out Willie had asked the chief of police. I was wondering, for directions. Like, who's looking at police bulletins? <laughs> the chief of police. He goes up to the chief Excuse of me. police. Hey, yeah. I'm looking for directions. Immediately you look busted. like a, a man about town. <laughs> exactly. So Willie gets jailed, goes to trial, ordered to never associate with Bessie again. Um, but they're married. Oh, no, they didn't no, make it. They didn't married, make right. it. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're split up. Uh, they did see each other one more time. But it was an accidental thing. It was at the dance hall where they had first met. Mm-hmm. So they're there. Um, Bessie's there with a bunch of, of girlfriends and Willie's, you know, looking cool in a corner. Um, they see each other and they, like, walk towards each other, like, out of a Lifetime movie. <laughs> and then he says, I'm going to leave. And if you want to talk, I'll be waiting two blocks away. And then just, like, cool guys out the door. Did you tell her which direction of two no, blocks? No. She had That's to go in, like, a two-block radius. Yeah. It took a long time. <laughs> um, so she shows up. She finds him, right? Okay. She sniffs. She sniffs the air. Um, and then he sees that the engagement engagement ring he'd given her was on a chain around her neck. So she's still wearing it, but just like in secret. Yeah, secret betrothal. And she's like, you know, my father has arranged for me to marry this guy, Jack Strang, you know, heir to the Strang warehouses, the Crown Crown Heights Strangs. Not the Crown Heights Strangs. (laughs) She, like Bessie, her dad arranges this. She says to her dad, look, I'm not in love with this Jack Strang. I mean, Uh no offense, Jack, but whatever the the dad's like look you are no longer a woman of virtue after hanging out with willie we know what went happened (laughs) and no one's gonna marry you so i had to arrange this (laughs) i had this wow brutal and so they like well i guess that's just how it's gonna work out and they parted ways and he was just heartbroken damn yeah so he kind of drifts around for a while he winds up getting a job at the pt morse shipyard as an apprentice burner What's up? Nice nice hand gesture. I like that. I know a lot of people who've been apprentice burners through the years. I know some actual journeyman burners (laughs) and some full unionized burners. I know you do. Um, So he's like cutting steel plates with Uh an acetylene torch. torch, uh Um, He's a super hard worker, really well liked. I mean, that's like something you'll see is this guy is just, everyone likes this guy. Hmm. He's a good dude. Um, He learns really quickly, picks up a ton of overtime. Uh, He had a really good work ethic, but then he starts to realize that burner knowledge Mm -hmm. might kind of mesh well with the bank knowledge that he had. Oh, yeah. He's like, have torch, will travel. (laughs) So in 1924, he became an apprentice to Edward Doc Tate, a master burglar and safe cracker. I like He's like, it. check this out. I know banks. I know burnings. I know torches. Yeah. They were burning and looting, was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tate had this rule when it came to safe cracking. Always work out of town. Okay. Don't work at home. Yeah, that's always so a good one. So the first time they worked together was in Boston. They broke into a drugstore to crack open the safe. Um, Sutton was like, you know, apparently... They worked in New York together, Pennsylvania. So Tate and his crew, including Sutton, they pull off jobs all over the East Coast. It was good while it lasted, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he was only with Tate for like a year. They parted ways in 1925. Over the next five years, Sutton just goes into overdrive. He robs a bunch of places. He's working by himself at this point? He would pick up like one or two guys here or there. Okay, so he's just going to make shit Yeah, he's got, like, he does banks, jewelry stores, a life insurance company, a florist, Payroll? a shoe store. Okay, shoe store. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going knocking for over the floor whatever's in shoes. the 
<laughs> the Tom McCann. Yeah. Nothing was safe. He goes into anytime they've got like a register or safe, he's okay. on it. All right. So it was the October 28th, 1930 robbery of the Rosenthal and Son jewelry store that led to his first major arrest. So he gets all dressed up as a telegraph man. Okay. Hello. That's that's how they sound. <laughs> and uh, he goes all casual like up to the store. Oh, hello. Now, tell- was he a singing telegram man? Yes. Just, yes. Yeah, we're going to go with singing telegram <laughs> well, let's man. let's pretend. So the porter opens the door for the telegram and Willie pulls out a gun. And this is like with that little like round pillbox hat yeah. and the, like the and he's like got a little the, like, short jacket. Yeah, like, a little short jacket. Looks like maybe like a band no conductor pants. and no pants, of course. Of course. <laughs> In all my descriptions. I just want to be able to picture it prop- yeah, appropriately. No, picture it. That's what it is. Okay. So he forces his way in. He's got this accomplice, Marcus Bassett, with him. Okay. Who's a Bassett hound? <laughs> he's got a dog. He's got a dog dressed up as a telegram man. So they push their way in. He's got a gun. He forces his way in. I should note that, like, he carried a gun on all these things, but it was never loaded. Yeah, that's smart. You know. So um, each employee, as they arrived for the day, he'd find out what their job was and if they had access to the safe. <laughs> and then if they didn't, which so none like, of them... <laughs> as they're arriving at work, they he has like a, the side. Yeah, he has like a clipboard. He's like, name, position. Yeah. Okay. okay, and you, do you know this? No, you don't. All right, time up over there. to the left. <laughs> He's got like a partition rope. Next. <laughs> so he, as they come in, they're like, nah, you know, I'm just the window wiper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't been to a bank in a while, have you? <laughs> it's a jewelry store. <laughs> Whatever. Jewelry store, you, bank. Every jewelry store has a window wiper. They, a lot of glass. You got a fair point uh-huh. there. It's a so they're like, come on. And like, so he ties them up over the side until uh-huh. someone who comes in is like, yeah, I can do the safe. I mean, I, I, I don't know which is wiser to say, yeah, I can do it and just get rid of it or be like, I have no idea. I just vacuum here. Turns out how well you lie. True. So he finds someone who can open the safe. All they right. come in. He forces them to open her up. Gets out with $129,000 worth of jewelry. That's like $2.5 million today. That's a fat score. Yeah. And so there were apparently like undisclosed clues at the scene of the robbery that led the detectives to Sutton and Bassett. Oh. Um, The cops trailed Bassett's wife to a diner where she was meeting up with Sutton. And Sutton gets arrested and sentenced to 30 years in Sing Sing prison. Ooh, sent up to know, Sing Sing. Just north of New York City, right on the banks of the Hudson. When we come back, I'm going to let you know how Sing Sing panned out for Willie Sutton. Word. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. 
And it doesn't just protect your home from crime. It also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, what up, Elizabeth? Welcome back. Thank you. Glad you could join me You're today. Quite the host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Please, me. Please have a seat. Okay. Can I get you something to drink? I'm number three, so I don't know if I'm next. But oh, yes. no, no, no. Okay, you're going to have to wait. When we left off, yes. Willie Sutton gaining cred as a serious robber man. Mm-hmm. That's the official Yeah, and he's been sent up to Sing Sing. Sing Sing, robber man. <laughs> he had an accomplice. Um, they just robbed a jewelry store for almost $130,000 in jewelry. Um he gets caught, sent to Sing Sing. Here's the thing. He escaped from Sing Sing December 11th, 1932. No. So, he remember he's just 30 years. So he lasts like two. Um he and another inmate, a guy named John Egan, they used hacksaw blades to remove the lower bars of their cell. Hmm, okay. That can't be easy. No. No. I cannot imagine that's easy. Especially if you just have the blades, because you got to figure out a way to hold the blade and going back and forth. I mean, right. Now, yeah. at this point, like Sutton, because of his work with Doc Tate, he's a skilled lockpick. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, I guess I that they're like, we just got to saw our way out of this one. But so they cut out the cells, and then Willie uses his lockpick skills to go through the subsequent doors. Mm-hmm. Um, there is speculation that he had inside help from a prison guard, but it's it's cooler to imagine that he just pulled a bobby pin out of his hair <laughs> or a Kirby grip for those across the pond and just made quick quick work of the locks. That's way more quick, fun. Quick, quick, yeah, quick. no help. Um, so Willie and John Egan, they're creeping out when they run into a trustee. And a trustee is an inmate who is... Has a job. Yeah, has a job. And it's usually like if you don't have a violent crime and you've been, like, well-behaved, you know, they'll let you do it. Um, Run into him. They tie him up and left him in the basement under the mess hall and just kept going. They're like, don't tell a word. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they tie him up. Um, Then they find two ladders and they tie them into one ladder using wire and they go over the west wall. Hmm. Sketch, so, yeah. Go on. Um, and then at that time of night, the area really wasn't under the watch of guards, like the one that they jumped out of. Okay. And they had a getaway car waiting for him. Wow. Because Willie's wife had visited a couple days before, and the two of them cooked up this whole plan. Nice. So at this point, he's married. He's gotten over Bessie. You can see my face. I'm over here. I'm like, wait, is it Bessie? <laughs> it's I'm not like, Bessie. Still hoping it's Bessie. Next no, time. Bessie's got a boring life. So um, <laughs> they get in the getaway car. Four days into their newfound freedom, Sutton and Egan, they get to work. No time to waste. You know, Zarin, these banks aren't going to rob themselves. I've heard that about banks. Yeah. Target, 
Manufacturer's Trust Company. Ooh. Yeah. So on December 15th, 1932, Willie, Egan, and then these two other dudes that they picked up headed into the bank. So wait, you said December what day? 15th. So like four days after he breaks up. Yeah, four nice. days, four days Gets right later. To it. He's like, I need some uh, some road money. Exactly. And he's just itching for it. Like, <laughs> I need I some this. action. So the four of them, they get in there. They have revolvers, a machine gun, and tear gas. Okay. And, and this is like the 20s, right? This no, is 32. 32. So it's like a Thompson machine gun. It's yeah. like one of those big round. Uh, g- 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 yeah. yeah, that's the sound it made because they didn't have bullets in it. <laughs> um, so that's what they had to yell. <laughs> they just go, they just, g- 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 pew, pew. Um, so they walk out with $13,000. Pretty good. good yeah. They had a getaway driver waiting, not the wife, someone else. Yeah, that's good gas money. And as they left, they like tossed the tear gas grenade behind them into the bank for good measure. <laughs> like, well, we Up had yours. it. Up yours. just use it. <laughs> exactly. So the next bank job was the Corn Exchange National Bank and Trust yes. in Philadelphia. My bank. Corn, <laughs> the exchange. corn exchange. So that was on February 15th, 1933. Mm-hmm. So Sutton... He gets dressed up as a postman, and he talks his way into the bank before it opened. He tells the bank, look, I really, I got to deliver this mail, You got to meet with the manager. Like, I, I got I got quotas. fresh corn to deliver. I have so <laughs> much corn on the cob in my truck. So, See, I don't know. I'm picturing that there's corn in this bank, and that that's well, what people... Well, it's the corn exchange. Yeah, so, they're like, going, I've no, got corn, I'll and then I'm going to exchange cobs. it for corn. Barley corn? corn? <laughs> better I want corn. corn. I want better Can corn. I get baby corn change? Yeah, you want it broken up. Can I get these cobs of corn broken <laughs> yeah. up into baby, baby corn? corn? Thank you. Do they do is baby corn? That's such like an eighties thing. Baby corn, yeah. I think it's pretty much not really a thing anymore because it's like not. I'm real gonna go corn. get a can of it. <laughs> just go to town on it. Sit in the driveway. Um, anyway, so where was I? Corn exchange. Corn exchange. So uh, they they're like, we really got to deliver this mail, bro. And they're like, okay, come on in. It's corn time. <laughs> and so then uh, Willie and Egan they tie the guard up. And they wait for the bank manager to arrive to open the vault. Here's the problem. The bank guard, total pro. He gets loose. And not just that, he gets his hand on one of their tear gas bombs. Kablooey! Like, sets it off. So, Willie and Egan, they had to, like, make a run for it. They didn't get any sweet corn. They just, like... <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. So, the guard sets it off for all of them? Yeah. He was just, like... Yeah. He was, like, we're one... Good, like, we're all going down with the ship here. I just want him out of here. So, yeah. Foiled. Later that same month, Willie, he goes after another bank, the Lafayette National Bank in New York. Um, he had to give up on that one, too, the day of, because Egan didn't show up with the getaway car. Where was Egan? Yeah, where is Egan? In the morgue. Oh, damn. I got, did not I know. that. He was shot and killed in a shooting at a speakeasy. Ooh. So I'm going to count that as 0.5% murder Because he this was episode. clearly murdered, but he, yeah, not but it, part of the story. It was not part of the story. It wasn't, it wasn't Willie Sutton who did it. So it was like a side quest murder? It was like, it's an adjacent, so uh-huh. it's 0.5, it's a half a percent. Okay, we'll give you that. Okay, and so then Willie, like, after that, he just cools his heels for six months. He's rocked by yeah, this. I this bet. is upsetting, he it's lost, traumatic. He lost Egan. Yeah, so, but like, he at the same time, he just couldn't. Resist the robbing and the stealing. Well, you know, you got to do what you can do. Yeah. So. A lizard can't be stop being a lizard. Exactly. So here's the thing. I should mention that Willie had a certain philosophy about uh, the how of bank robbing. Oh, okay. So he told the people he was robbing everything he was going to do. He laid it all out. Like, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> 
your Joker coworkers are going to come in and I'm going to very respectfully ask them what they know. Okay. And he did it in like a super calm way. Don't forget, he's like got this really magnetic, cool personality totally, that people charming. just automatically like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he's basically selling them the bank robbery. Yeah. And he felt like alleviating stress would keep people obedient and less likely to do something stupid. They're going to so make better decisions. Yeah. Yet. And he's giving afraid. them a little bit of control. Like, I'm going to let you control. They know what's happening. You know that, exactly. People really like to know what's and happening. And I am all about find the calmest way to do something. Eliminate <laughs> yes, the are. stress. Be chill. So, yeah, that is my life's goal. Uh, so someone who witnessed one of the robberies said that it was kind of like going to the movies, except the usher had a gun. Is that how they described <laughs> it's a hell of an analogy. Right? One time. The usher's like, your seat is right here. Now sit down. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you I to sit. I said. I have this gun. You're going to need to sit. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> if you have any we problems, I'm coming back. <laughs> So one time there were these three painters that arrived unexpectedly while he was robbing a bank. They were there to paint. Um, Willie, so chill and chatty that the painters just like obeyed when he instructed them to lay out the drop cloths, get to work. You can just set up over there and just. So uh, he's got all these people tied up. Just start priming. And he's got a gun on him. He's like, just, yeah, set up, guys. (laughs) And like he joked with them about how he wished that bank robbing had as strong a union as the painters did. And he like, he made sure everyone had a good time. He's just like, you know, cutting up, working working out bits with them. Totally working union humor, talking about four inch block brushes. (laughs) So like by the time Sutton and the team had finished robbing that bank, the painters had already completed painting one wall. Like they were, <laughs> and they were happy about it. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We all we all were successful. Totally. So well, there's Willie looking to rob another bank um, with the patented Willie Sutton chill method. Mm-hmm. And he just... <laughs> de- trademark to <laughs> trademark, He decides to hit another corn exchange. Yes. Um, this time in New York. So he dresses up as a cop. Okay. I like and this. And they all thought he was a male stripper. Well, no, he, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he dresses as a cop. Is it my birthday? Thank <laughs> you, guys. Um he tells all the bank employees to sit and wait while the combination holders to the vault were coming to work. I'm now imagining that there's the dance music behind him. Yeah, he's like, like sitting there. I need you guys to all sit down. <laughs> and they're like, but I dancing. can't. The music's so infectious. So the bank manager and then the head teller each had half of the combination. So he's got to wait for those two to show up. Once they get there, he forces them to open the vault. His gang made out with almost $24,000, which Hmm. is like $550,000 today, half a mil. That's not a bad day's haul. Not bad at all. He liked the corn exchange in Pennsylvania, though. So that was New York. But that one in Pennsylvania was just calling to him. She said, come on, Willie. The siren song. Come back for the sweet, sweet corn. Well, remember Attila Ambrose? Uh He robbed a couple places twice. Uh You know, he just really want to nail it. You just get nostalgic. You're like, I want to go back there and do that again. Relive that experience. Well, in this one, he kind of flubbed the first one. He's like, I just, I won't feel right until I just complete it. Until I do it right. So he decides to try again at the Corn Exchange in Pennsylvania. This time, no tear gas. No tear. January 15th, Mm -hmm. 1934. So this time, though, he drops in through the skylight. He's mixing it up. He gets in. He tells the guard to let the employees in as usual. He loves popping in before the workday starts. He's an early riser. <laughs> totally. And then he and his accomplices handcuffed him. They didn't tie him up now. They handcuff him near the vault. Bank manager arrives, forces him to open the vault. They get away with $21,000. Okay. So, you know, they're making good cash on this. Yeah, some scratch. Um, 
I bet he had his heart set on additional corn exchanges, <laughs> but it wasn't to be because the cops caught his accomplices. So like a month later, they bust into Willie's apartment in Philadelphia. They pinch him for escaping Sing Sing and robbing all the corns. Mm-hmm. All the various corn exchanges. He gets tried and sentenced to 25 to 50 years. Damn. But then the sentence is later converted to life in prison since he was a fourth time offender. Whew. They locked rough. him up. You'll like this, Zarin. Between 1936 and 1947, he made six escape attempts <laughs> from prison, with two of the six being successful. I like this. Like, every other year, he's like, okay, time to Just get Give my- it a shot. Give it a shot. So the, my favorite is August. I need to go feel some sunshine on my face. <laughs> Come on, boys. <laughs> Let's do this. And they go, yeah, and they jump in the air together. <laughs> Frozen p- frame. <laughs> yes. August 1941. I love this. Mm-hmm. He um, spends what must have been an incredible amount of time making a fake head and hand in hmm. preparation for this. So he uses plaster. He gets a bunch of hair from the prison barber, and he creates <laughs> oh, a seriously lifelike facsimile <laughs> of his own head. It's amazing. Like, I don't know how he got the pigments. You're sitting in prison shaping your own skull. Oh, but it's like the shaping alone. This will alone, be my key to freedom. The shaping is so impressive. Oh, my God. It looks so good. It's not like all, you know, mm-hmm. it's rough like paper, mache paper mache dummy. head. Yeah, no. This is, it's crazy. He makes a hand that looks super realistic. It's like, if I had more time, I had another career <laughs> here. Well, right? So, like, he has the hand just kind of poke out from under the blanket okay. to make it look realistic. Mm-hmm. He makes these decoys. He sets everything up to sneak out. However, um, there were some other inmates who were working on their own separate escape plan at the time. <laughs> I love picturing lots of escape oh, plans. Oh, yeah. They were all going on concurrently, and they didn't they didn't look at the calendar and schedule these out. Like, oh, you're doing yours? Okay, well, then I'll put mine off for like two yeah. weeks. How about till the full moon? Okay. Right. Um, and those guys weren't subtle. Mm-hmm. So Willie is like in the process of doing the sneakings when the alarms go off and the guards are coming after the escapees and he has to like sneak backwards. Oh Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? Oh my God, yeah. You've worked so long and some jackass. And he are... runs back to his cell and has to act like nothing happened, but he's got a head and a <laughs> hand in bed with him and they're like, son. Okay, so what's super cool is that the war- the son of the warden at that time, he later appeared on Antiques Roadshow with the head and the hand. What? Yes. It's in like a custom wooden box. It has a label of provenance. <laughs> It's amazing. How much did they say it was worth? Like a couple grand. And you can see he was kind of disappointed because <laughs> yeah. I thought I he was like, it's priceless. $30,000, but really, it's priceless. Yeah, no. It, nope. but, <laughs> I'll give you two grand. It's amazing, and take though. It it's away. amazing. So Willie tries and, and fails again to escape in April of 45. He and 11 other inmates spent 11 months digging a 99 foot tunnel. So they're wow. all into like the multiples of 11. Uh-huh. 11. <laughs> 11 months, 99-foot tunnel. But, like, a 99-foot tunnel is, like, El Chapo level. Yeah, no, that's escape. serious. Yeah, you need, like, actual scaffolding and structure yeah. for, to bar collapses. So it's almost a year of work, but it goes down the drain in minutes because they were almost immediately caught. And so at that point, they transfer him from Eastern State Penitentiary so they in Philadelphia. They make it out, but they get caught once they get out of the They prison? were, like, mid-tunnel. Okay. And yeah, and they're, like, back in there. They just t- flooded the tunnel, and they had to swim back out. Um, no, I don't know how it all went down. Okay, so he gets transferred from Eastern State Penn in Philadelphia to Holmesburg County Prison in Philadelphia. And that's where he made his final escape, February 10th, 1942. So he's got two years later. Zarin. Yes. Close your eyes. Oh, I've been waiting. My <laughs> eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. 
You're doing time in Holmesburg County Prison in Philly. You know I am. For stealing a truck and going around shoplifting food and essential items and distributing them off the back of the truck to the poor and needy. I should have got more gas before I did that. You see how I made you a good jailbird? I like that. Thank you. So it's a cold evening at the prison. The wind howls outside the walls and snow whips through the air. You have two weeks left on your sentence, and you're just counting the hours at this point. Yes, I am. You hear a thump and some loud coughing. People start yelling that an inmate is having an asthma attack, and the guards start shouting for help. You know, though, that the inmate in question does not have asthma, and that that isn't what an asthma attack sounds like. (laughs) So you watch as the inmate starts to, like, comically gasp for breath. There's no doctor on duty, so some of the guards have to load him up and run him to the hospital. There are now just two guards on your whole cell block. And you hear the unmistakable sound of a saw. (laughs) Some inmates are cutting their way out of their cell. One of the men pulls out a gun, which you figure must have been smuggled in with the hacksaw. They take the remaining guards hostage, shuffle them down the corridor, force them to unlock some other cells. And in one of those cells sits none other than Willie Sutton. Yeah. So the inmates, they strip down the guards and put on their uniforms and leave the guards tied up. They then grabbed two ladders and tied them together. (laughs) I love the two ladders. Well, I would think that it wouldn't be wise to leave two long ladders lying around a prison. (laughs) And this seems to be a common theme. Like, there's two two ladders and a spool of heavy wire. I don't know. Something might happen. So anyway, everyone makes their way to the prison wall. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, huge snowstorm outside. Suddenly... The spotlight hits them from the tower, and it focuses in on the two guys dressed as guards. Sutton yells, it's okay, we just have to do some repairs. (laughs) It's so... Not bad. You know what they did? They acted like they knew, and they just kept on doing what they were doing. Uh So it wasn't even like they paused to get an okay, you know, we're just making some repairs, and then just kept going. They did what guards would do. Exactly. I like it. They were supposed to be there, so they make their escape. It was the first prison break since the place opened in 1894. Oh. Yeah. Good on you, Willie. They're out on the road, and a milk truck rumbles by, <laughs> so they carjack it. <laughs> and, they well, actually, the they commandeered it. <laughs> so they, they celebrate it by toasting each other with bottles of milk. That's like, nice. They were super like ha- excited. The milkman who was in there complained that he was going to get his pay docked for all the milk, so Willie gives him five bucks. He's like, knock yourself out. He's a free man. Until his ultimate capture five years later. So he's out for five years. He did two more bank jobs between that escape and his eventual capture. And both were at branches of the manufacturer's trust company. The first one was in Queens. He got $64,000 from that one. The other was in New York City. That one failed because members of his crew were captured before they could finish the job. Oh, wow. Yeah. and But all told, he stole approximately $2 million in his career. Oh, man. Good on you, Will. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how he wound up back in the clink. (sighs) Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, Zarin. What up, E? So good. Those ads, right? I'm, I'm just tucking my wallet back in my pants because I was amazing. just buying three things. So, they yeah. were really, really good. Um, Compelling and rich. I, I'm just going to go back and listen to more later, I think, just <laughs> over and over. Not enough. We don't have enough in this. Yeah. Uh, that's why we refuse to pay for YouTube because I just want the ads. Yeah, I know. Like, how would I, what would I do without the ads? That's why I love network television. Yeah, same. I don't watch TV, but I mean, if But I if did, you did, that's yeah. what you would watch. So, Willie Sutton. Yeah. Much like Yellow Kid Vile, mm-hmm. Vile uh, Willie Sutton loved dressing sharp. No. Ah. So, I find that to be a commonality in the content. And he's, yeah, he's like really gregarious and, mm-hmm. and friendly and looks good. Peacocks love the walk. Yes, yes. Well, I think you have to have that in order, you know, if mm-hmm. you look all like disheveled, yeah. people aren't going to no trust one's, you. Exactly. You got to give them some show and you got to say, hey, look, I know where I'm going. Look at you, me. You want to see where I'm going. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. You want in on this. Yeah. Uh, so he had his skill at bank robbing. He created disguises. Uh, he has super charming manner. He always looks sharp. He earned him the nickname the could've actor. Could have been a sculptor. Could have, yeah. Great artistic saying. talent. They also called him Slick Willie. <laughs> and so, why does that combination I always don't get put know. together? Well, I mean, I can go. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's prior to <laughs> the Slick Willie. Like, it seems yeah. like Bill Clinton got the Slick Willie right. from Willie Sutton. Like, it would just be a borrowed nickname. Yeah, probably. So, but the idea of Slick Willie, like, who was the first Slick Willie? Yeah, and why is like, is it? A, and is he free? Is it an innuendo? I'm sure it is. Okay. Yeah. Everything's an innuendo. If you want, want it, it to be. be. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to track him, don't forget, okay, he's ex- escaped from prison. He's on the run. Yeah. In order to track him down in his element, the wanted poster that they put up, they distributed to tailors. Oh, in that's the area. brilliant. Uh-huh. And so, Damn. like, the, you know, we've talked about criminals before who get plastic surgery. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He got, he did that. He got plastic surgery to try and change his appearance. Very common mid-century. It was like the thing. They're like, cut me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. In the end, though, it doesn't matter because it was his love of fashion that was his ultimate undoing. For so many of us, this has been true. Isn't that? Yeah. So, in 1952, 
almost five years to the day after his snowy escape, mm-hmm. a tailor's son, 24-year-old Arnold Schuster, recognized Sutton on the New York subway. Wow. And he, like, looked at his immaculate dress, knew right away. He's like, "I this has to be him. Arnold had seen the wanted poster uh-huh. in his dad's shop, but he was also, like, he kind of fancied himself an amateur sleuth. Oh, nice. Yeah, for okay. people. So nosy, people. nosy yes. for the win once again. <laughs> so um, Arnold follows Sutton to a gas station in Brooklyn and where Sutton Willie was there to buy a car battery. Okay. You know, just that popping out does, for yeah. an errand. Um, Arnold rings the fuzz. Willie Sutton scooped right up. So he was carrying a 38 caliber gun in mm-hmm. a handmade holster, hmm. but, you know, went quietly, like didn't put up any kind of fight. He denied who he was until fingerprinting confirmed his identity. Ah, ah you got me. Um, they, on him, he also had like almost $8,000 in small bills. Mm-hmm. That's a, like, that's a, that's a good he chunk. had cargo pockets. <laughs> and then um, they later searched his house and found, like, three grand in cash and another 38. Huh, so, you know, he was strapped up. Um, by the way, he only lived three blocks from police headquarters. Nice. Brazen, like Very guy. smart. Uh, so this detective was quoted as saying that Willie Sutton was the nicest crook he ever locked up. Um <laughs> Reporters were absolutely dying to know, how did you evade capture? Um, And he said that he never contacted any old friends or any family. Yeah. Something we've talked about with these guys. Um, He wasn't a big drinker. So oh, he didn't make mistakes. He get didn't messy. make mistakes he and like get drunk. Places. Yeah, didn't get drunk and tell people mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he quit gambling and he avoided women. Wow. He was became rather monastic Total about monkish. it. Um, he said his life was a lot like prison, that he sat alone in his room reading all day. Okay. So he escapes prison yeah, to live in a pr- yeah. prison of his own making. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad. But And he said that he really enjoyed reading about all the copycat bank robberies that said that he was the mastermind <laughs> behind it because he wasn't involved. He's like, I'm not doing any of this stuff. Now, here's this episode's other half a percent murder. Oh, we got another <laughs> one. So remember Arnold Schuster, the Taylor son who spotted Sutton? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He got shot and killed outside of his home in 1952. And... It was um, Umberto Anastasia. Wait, like Albert Anastasia? The mafia boss of the Gambino crime family. Um, He was absolutely irate that Sutton was captured because of a rat. Now, Sutton had no gang ties. No, exactly. But they would just, it's like professional courtesy. Someone ratted on him and he orders a hit. On Schuster. And you know, he's the head of Murder, Inc. So yes. when he orders a hit, it's, it's like, like all right, happening. yeah, It's going to happen with Flourish. Exactly. So that's what happens. Willie has absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. Doesn't know it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm sure he probably wouldn't even agree to it or want it to happen. It's all, this is revealed by Joe Valachi. Oh, the Valachi papers. The mafia renegade, first yes. government informant. So according to Valachi... Anastasia saw Arnold being interviewed regarding his part in Sutton's capture, became enraged, and allegedly said, quote, I can't stand squealers. Hit that guy. <laughs> so, so just like as he's watching the news, like, <laughs> that guy, out of like, here. He's like Mafia Elvis. He's yeah. watching him instead of shooting the TV. He's like, yeah, shoot the person shoot that on guy. the TV. Well, so Sutton finds this out and is absolutely heartbroken. Oh, I bet. He's because like, remember, he never had bullets in his never guns. Never had bullets in his guns. He's offender. a chill guy. Yeah. He's and, like one of your school. And it was chill. like fair play, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay, you caught me. Yeah. Um, he tried to give, Willie tried to give $10,000 of his own personal savings as a reward to capture 
Schuster's killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the police persuaded him not to. They're like, that's not going to look right. That's going to be weird. <laughs> We're going to tell you right now, that's a bad thing. That's look. weird for all of us. Yeah, and it's dangerous it. for you. So <laughs> let's not. Um, so, yeah, but he was just devastated by that. Um, at the time of his arrest, Willie still owed one life sentence plus 105 years. <laughs> Uh, how do they work out that I math? I never understand. Like, six life sentences. Yeah. Well, okay, well. You're reincarnated. You got to come back. <laughs> gotta go right to back. prison. He spent half his adult life in prison. Whew, yeah. not a good way to spend half your adult no. life. But while he's incarcerated, he wrote two books about his life. <laughs> Getting ready for his book deal. Every, that's all everyone does. He wrote, I, Willie Sutton. Nice. <laughs> like, I, Claudius. I, <laughs> Willie Sutton. That was published in 1953. Okay. And then he wrote, Where the Money Was. Uh, yeah, there it, it is, 1976. They're actually really interesting, accessible reads. Like oh, okay. they read pretty well. Um, it's two more for the book club. Yeah, we have got a, okay. a big, quite a good roster going. going. Um, he didn't have any interest in writing about his life until the police officer told him, like totally disgusted, that kids were running up to him chanting, "We want Sutton." Like the kids loved him, and then the cops said, "You know, the kids are making a hero of you. This is this is messed up." It bothered. Willie, that kids thought he was someone to look up he to. He wrote the book as like a cautionary tale? He, he, all the money that he made was given to organizations that helped troubled wayward kids. So he didn't want people to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So in 1969, his health was pretty poor, okay. and he'd also been a really model prisoner. So despite that life plus over 100. Is he 69. 69. So, like, he, he made it through the summer of love. It was real hard on yeah. that prison. He's like, man, he's these like, beads and the songs. They, if I hear one They more... let him out Christmas really? Eve 1969 on, like, compassionate release. Okay. Um, and he went on to become a figurehead for prison reform. This like, guy. Really passionate about it. He also acted um, as, like, a consultant on theft prevention for banks. Hmm. So he would talk them through, like, the, yeah. these are the weak spots. Like of, the equivalent of a white hat hacker, but for right. bank robbers. So in 1970, he stars in a television commercial for Connecticut's New Britain Bank and Trust Company. Okay. Uh, they had the world's first ever credit card with the account holder's photo on it. Huh. Remember when they did that again, like in the 90s, yeah, or they, early yeah, 2000s? Yeah, they did it, too. Yeah, you had the picture. I don't it's know. Like on the back happened. of the card. Um so he's in this commercial. He had two lines. One said, they call it a face card. And then the other, now when I say I'm Willie Sutton, people believe me. <laughs> so like, the commercial ends, the announcer says, tell them Willie Sutton sent you. So New Britain Bank and Trust, small bank, small ad budget. Uh, they're competing against all these major banks with monster marketing departments. How could they get the most exposure for this new groundbreaking product with the least amount of money? So this Louis Van Leeuwen, president of the Van Leeuwen Advertising Agency, has this idea. Let's use a famous bank robber. And the bank is immediately like, no. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Where did we find this guy? And they kick him out. But then they like start thinking about it. Like, actually, that's kind of dope. Yeah. All right, come back, come back. What is it? <laughs> Call that guy from Bewitched it's back. Just so, it's so crazy. It just might work. So they shoot the commercial over the course of two weeks in Miami, which is where Sutton lived at the time. All right. um, he said of the experience, quote, it's an unusual relationship, all right, but it's a very pleasant way to make money. 
Which I got, you know, hey. Hey, you hand it to him. Um, He himself really didn't understand why he loved robbing banks so much. That's what I I was just trying to get to this. He did it. He did it even when he didn't need the money. Seems like a compulsion. Yeah. And but he said after a successful robbery, he didn't feel happy about it. He felt disappointed. And he said he once read a Clarence Darrow quote popping up again for us here. Clarence D. That resonated with him. Quote. The expectation of doing something gives you much more happiness than you can ever get from actually doing it. Yep. It's 100% true. It's the fantasy that is pleasing more mm-hmm. than the reality. And yeah, that 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 energy, that like adrenaline love, of it. Yeah. yeah. The, everything is perfect in your imagination. Yeah. And he said, to me, the money was the chips. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so, way of keeping score. He died at the age of 79 in 1980 in Florida, and uh, he's buried in Brooklyn in the family plot. Um, our researcher, Andrea, brought up something really interesting. Um, she wondered how different his life would have been if he had gone to war. Either, like, he was too young for World War I, mm-hmm. uh, incarcerated throughout all of yeah, World War II. Yeah, the war, war ended because before he got to the World mm-hmm. War I, he, then he's in prison for World War II. And that was something that he really wanted. Like, yeah. could he have gotten his adrenaline that way? Mm-hmm. Um, what if he had been able to marry Bessie? That's my question. Yeah. I think that would have been good for him. It's like, so he could have been a hero in, like, maybe two world wars, mm-hmm. possibly. Could have been like a Sergeant York. You don't know. Yeah, could have been a husband and a father. Don't forget, then, like, when he's on the run, he doesn't. He has no relationship. I don't know what happened to the wife. That he becomes monastic after Bessie, essentially. Yeah, when I mean, he's I married he to the, the wife, one. Yeah, but, but she kind of seem... like floats off into the ether on yeah. these. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, we could we could think about this for almost every person on Earth. You know, of just like what are those moments, those defining moments that mm-hmm. if it gone a different way, like how your life could have gone in a totally different direction, both good and bad, sure, you yeah. know. But it's interesting when you see someone's life plotted out like that, you mm-hmm. know, these two, like, big turning points. Like the pivots of a life. I'm of a mind that with Willie Sutton, I'm not sure that marriage or military service would have changed who he was. I think that he would have maybe had different outlets, but I think that, like, there was something in him that drove him to do this. But I think that the point is well made that the military service combat uh, it requires everything of a person so they are their experiences like the you know all the how you filter out life you know that that process gets changed when you're in combat where you're going to be like trying to stay alive so you're going to be taking in all your information so you're fully alive just like mm-hmm. robbing a bank you're fully alive so i think that being fully alive sensation would have satisfied and he could have found that hard wiring yeah and it would have given him whatever that sensation he was chasing after, and then he would have had that as the framework as right. how you get that feeling. And instead, he doesn't. He goes to crime, and then he says, this is how I get that feeling. So yeah. I think that if he would have found a framework for that feeling, he would have picked that framework and not shifted. I don't think the crime, from what you described, mm-hmm. sounds like it, get, it gave him any moral pleasure. He wasn't fighting against the man. We talk no, about no. all these people who have enemies right. that are who they're always robbing, in a sense. And he doesn't seem to be one of those. It seems that he's trying to wrestle with himself. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting character. Yeah, totally. Way more than just his Willie Sutton principle that he always just here referred to. I mean, right. like, he's always been boiled down to basically a, a criminal philosopher. Yeah, and that's where the money is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much more behind him. So it get, I like I like his story. It gives you a lot to think about. Totally. I'm into it. Uh, that, that's all I have as far as Willie Sutton goes. That's me for today. That was a good one. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I invented him completely out of whole cloth. Just kidding. <laughs> um, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Email us if you want, ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. And other than that, tune in next time. 
Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Dapper Dave Couston, chief designer of the eponymous House of Couston Couture. Research is by felonious fashion influencer Andrea Song Charpentier. The theme song is by the tailoring empire of Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, what's your inseam, Bolin, and Noel, why do you want to know, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.